He was born in Effingham, became a priest of our diocese in 1986, then in 2014, a major change. This is Dive Deep. From the Diocese of Springfield in Illinois, this is Dive Deep, where we dive deep into our Catholic faith. I am Andrew Hansen. He's a name many people across our diocese will recognize as he served in several parishes, but now he's known well beyond our borders here in central Illinois. Bishop Carl Kemi of the Diocese of Wichita joins us on Dive Deep. Bishop Kemi, so good to have you. Thanks for coming on. Hey, thanks Thanks for the invitation. I'm glad to uh, to uh, share this time with you. Yes, we, we thought we'd check in with our old friend to see how things are going, how often he returns to our diocese, maybe uh, maybe what parishes he may stop at, all those sorts of things. What it's like, of course, being a bishop and so much more. So, uh, Bishop Kemi, we're so happy to have you on here. I know so many people are just excited to hear your voice because it's been, it's been a while since... Uh, you were a priest here in our diocese. So first things first, though, I mean, take us back to when you found out Pope Francis had named you Bishop of the Diocese of Wichita. That was in 2014. I mean, does right. this come out of left field and you get to take us through that phone call and what you're thinking? I mean, it, your whole life gets changed. Sure, it's, uh, it does. It's, it's probably the most monumental phone call I'd ever received and will ever receive. I, I was uh, doing my thing as the... Uh, Vicar General and uh, moderator of the Curia, which I had been doing uh, for 12 years. Um, Bishop Lucas had appointed me to that, and I was uh, uh, went through those many years with him, and then after him served Bishop Pataki. And, and just as I was actually uh, contemplating, you know, requesting the bishop to, to remove me from that post so I could go back to full-time parish ministry, lo and behold, I was uh, traveling uh, uh, with uh, Father Brian Alford, actually. Uh, one day we're going down to St. Louis for Good Leaders, Good Shepherds uh, uh, conference. And uh, my phone rang, and it was uh, Joni, my secretary there at the Chancery, and she said, you just received a phone call from the nuncio, and he asked for your cell phone. I hope it was okay to give it to him. <laughs> and I said, oh, yeah, it was fine. Well, within minutes, uh, the phone call came, but I didn't recognize it. So I didn't. I, I let it go to voice message, and I thought I better um, better do that first. So when we got settled, uh, it, we were about at our destination. I was able to listen to it, and and he asked me to call him back as soon as I could. And so um, I was a little suspicious. I didn't think I was in trouble, but um, I kind of knew how things go with these sorts of things. And from time to time, people would say to me, oh, you're going to be a bishop, you know, you're probably going to be a bishop someday. And, and I would always kind of deflect that and, and, and never really wanted it, absolutely didn't want it, because um, I thought my best service would be as a parish priest. And uh, well, I, anyway, I took about uh, 10 deep breaths and I, and I uh, dialed the number back and he answered right away. And that's when he informed me that Pope Francis had uh, appointed me to be the bishop of Wichita here in Kansas, and uh, I was just, like, stunned, and uh, so he said, well, I'm in the middle of something that I can't go, I, I need to end this conversation, but I'll call you back in 30 minutes, will you be able to take my call, and and I said, yeah, I'll be waiting for it, and uh, and sure enough, in 30 minutes, almost uh, at, uh, on the minute, he, uh, he, he called back, and 
He said, well, what is your answer? <laughs> I said, oh, so you need an answer right away? And he goes, well, that would be our preference. And so, uh, so I had 30 minutes uh, to, uh, to consider it and, and sort of began praying about it. And, and I, I've always felt, you know, uh, and even though I don't, I'm sure there are many, many other qualified candidates, I've always felt like I would try to do everything that the church asked me to do. Um, and so I said, well, I, I will accept um, and, and, and hope that God's grace will, will help me uh, when, uh, when my talents aren't so good. So, now, now uh, the, so he said, well, very good. That's, uh, that's what we wanted to hear. And he <laughs> says, we'll, we'll be back to touch about the particulars. So Do you that remember? was that fateful day. It was, I believe, February 14th. Um, Valentine's Day. Oh, it was, uh, perfect. Uh, 2014. So, do you remember that, that 30 that, minutes, Bishop yeah. Kemi? And like, were you like trying to pray? I'm sure your mind was racing. I mean, do you remember what you did in that 30 minutes? Well, actually, I did. I have to confess, I, I was praying, but I also was trying to get my laptop computer opened as fast as I could and connect to the to the Wi-Fi. And look up the Diocese of Wichita because <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know anything about it. I had never been here before, um, and I tell the people here the only thing I the only thing I knew about Kansas is what I learned from the Wizard of Oz, <laughs> and they all. <laughs> and so I was able to kind of connect. You can. It's amazing what you can find out in uh, in thirty minutes time about a diocese. There's just a lot of statistical information and. So, you know, I, I, uh, I learned a little bit about uh, Wichita before he called back. So, Excellent. Now, uh, you know, when you think of priests, priests become priests because, well, they want to be priests. They, they, they're not in it to become bishops. So how, how difficult was it for you to leave this diocese? As you mentioned, you were about to reach out to, to, the, to the bishop and say, hey, I don't want to, I'd prefer to get back into parish life. I don't want to be vicar general anymore. And all of a sudden you're thrust into this role as you are bishop of a diocese. I mean, how, I mean, I know you said yes, but I mean, how much, um, were you worried? Were you afraid? I mean, talk about, was there some angst because you wanted to be a priest and now you're going to be a bishop. Um, sure. There's, there's always a lot of anxiety. Uh, it's not overwhelming in a sense, but in one way it's, it's, uh, it's just normal, you know, because, well, I had had 12 years of, of uh, administrative experience in the diocese of Springfield and one year actually as, as diocesan administrator. So I, I knew um, most of what the governance of the diocese would entail. Um, and of course you add to that then, you know, all the events and the ceremonies and, you know, uh, the, the making of, you know, pretty uh, kind of choosing a direction you want the diocese to go in. So, uh, you know, I, I, I felt like I'm sure there were many, many more qualified candidates, but I also felt a, a certain peace with it and tranquility about it and, and knew, because it had always been my experience in the past, that that uh, God helps us all. I mean, he He takes, uh, He takes gives us the grace to do what uh, what we are called to do. Uh, we have a saying here, I'm sure you've heard of it, God doesn't call the, the qualified, he, he qualifies the called. Mm. And so... You know, I felt I always felt that that, in spite of my own shortcomings and, and inabilities, uh, God nevertheless delivers with His grace, so that you know the the ministry of of, of the office of bishop uh, proceeds forward. 
And as we mentioned, so, yeah, I was anxious. I was afraid. I, I, I was also, you know, sad to leave home and family and so many friends and brother priests that I, that's very what was my plan and hope and desire for the remainder of my life to live there in, in my home diocese and to serve that local church, which, you know, where I was ordained and that I lo- who I loved and, and uh, still, still do. Uh, but God had other plans, you know, and, and uh, I, I, the first year or two, I was like questioning, why am I here? You know, why, <laughs> what am I doing here in, the, in this uh, local church? I mean, I don't know anybody and they don't know me. And yet over the last, it's been seven years. I'm now in my eighth year. Um, it's been a it's been a blessing, and and uh, I've this is this has become home, and uh, the people of God here are wonderful, and the priests are 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 uh, great collaborators, and um, you know I'm just uh, I'm I'm excited to 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 offer this ministry here. Uh, so there's you know there's always some you know uh, ambivalence about these things, but you know God God's everywhere. So wherever you find yourself, God will be there. So. That's excellent. Well, I can tell you, you're you're still certainly missed here, very beloved priests, and I know you had several assignments across her diocese. Now, when you you mentioned you've been a bishop seven, going on eight years, what has been uh, what's been more challenging about being a bishop than you expected? And then, what's the opposite? What what's something that you were very worried about, and actually it turned out to be okay? Yeah. Well, um, you know. Um, I think I think the most challenging part, but with God's grace, has really become a, a, a real blessing. Is just um, you know being up with uh, for all the events and the ceremonies, and you know I, I you have to do more public speaking and and preaching, and you know you're oftentimes called to give remarks at different things, and and uh, quite honestly, that's never I've never felt that to be my strong suit. Um, and so I, I have to work at that a lot, and I have to spend much more time preparing and and uh, giving myself to that because it's required in, in this role. But you know, everybody wants to know what the bishop thinks, <laughs> and uh, whether they like it or not, they want to know what you think. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, in any given week or you know period of time, I might be called to just you know offer. A, uh, a keynote here, or a, or a, or a quick, uh, uh, a short address here, or or to preach at this event, or you know, so that that has uh, been remarkably. Uh, while it's been challenging, it's been remarkably, uh, you know, uh, delightful in a way because I know that God gives me, uh, you know, the words He wants me to say if I'm open to it. So. That that's been a kind of an interesting experience, um, you know. The um, what was the first part of that question? Well, yeah, you, you kind of talked about uh, something that was maybe more challenging than than you thought, um, and 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 you you hit it right in the head. I look at Bishop Paprocki's schedule, and I'm just amazed. I mean, the, the travel, um, USCCB related things, obviously priests uh, uh, going to visit parishes. I mean, speeches, commencement addresses. I mean, I I, I can't. The schedule of a bishop, I look at it, and I'm I'm amazed at, at how you how you guys do it. So you talked about the challenges. Was there something that you were um, worried about, um, or concerned, or just had some angst about that actually in the end turned out to be? Oh, I, I misread the whole situation. This is actually a lot better than uh, I thought. Uh, no, I I think um, you know uh, a bishop, uh, you know, like it or not, he 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 is called upon to set the direction for the diocese. 
And so he brings his unique experiences and his his uh, priorities and so forth. So one of the things that I've been able to do here with a lot of help, of course, is to establish a, a new pastoral plan. And and, uh, and it's a broad plan that we're asking now all our parishes and our schools to to use as a framework for their own um, for their own individual pastoral plans and parishes and, and in our schools, really focusing on mission um, and uh, and less uh, focused on maintenance. But really, coming out of the Pope Francis's um, his uh, apostolic letter, the joy of the gospel. Um, and so discipleship, evangelization, and stewardship are our, kind of our, our, our touch points for that pastoral plan. And uh, then renewing parish and family life, and we, we're, we're really making, uh, trying to make a concerted, concerted effort to reclaim Sunday as the day of the Lord. We're really excited about that. That's a big challenge. But as I go around, I make pastoral visits now. I'm on a three-year uh, cycle of pastoral visits to all of our parishes. Where I go for a whole weekend and I, I pray and uh, preach at the masses and and talk to the people. And one of the themes I'm hitting on often and frequently and regularly is to reclaim Sunday, uh, because we've you know by and large lost that in our in our to our culture. Our culture has really robbed us of that. Where Sunday is really like any other day, but for us as Christians, particularly as Catholics, Sunday is holy, and uh, it's to be lived in a in a, in a very unique and a very specific way, free from work, unnecessary work, worshiping, of course, on Sunday, and then a day for family, a day for recreation, re renewing ourselves by a Sabbath rest. And that's really, uh, uh, that's really resonating with people because everybody is looking for something to restore their lives uh, because they're so... Uh, so overwhelmed and burdened and busy. Uh, so anyway, uh, I would have never thought I could have come up with anything like that uh, as a as a as a direction, a general direction for a diocese to go for for the next uh, probably fifteen or twenty years during the right remainder of my time. Well, that's excellent. Um, and but so that you know, daunting it was uh, to look at that. So where because people would ask me, well, you know, what what's your plan? What what do you where are you going to take us? What are you going to do for us? Because every bishop has their own unique uh, way, and and I I was like I don't know <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> but all of a sudden with the help of a lot of consultation and my my leadership I uh, I I govern here with a leadership team uh, eight other people and several priests and eight others in our chancery that that I work with very closely to uh, determine the direction of this diocese and 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 all of that has been just. A, a tremendous blessing, and we're we're going to continue working that. And we're not there yet. We, we've got a long way to go, but we've got a roadmap, and uh, and I'm excited about that. And I sense among the people that I've been talking to, and now getting out and praying with in a in a, in a consistent way, a regular way, that they're also getting excited about that. So I think there's a great great a lot of a lot of hope uh, that I can uh, you know capture. Here. 
Well, that's awesome. And I, even just, you know, what you said, reclaiming Sunday, it's a good reminder for all of us listening to this podcast, whether you live, whether you live in Wichita or elsewhere, it's, you know, a reminder for all of us to, to reclaim Sunday. Now, uh, how often do you come back to our diocese? And, and while you're here, what do you do? What's, what's some of the must, sure. must things you, you got to see and who do you got to visit? Well, you know, my mom and dad uh, uh, live in Effingham. They're, they moved off the farm. They they were farmers out in real Shumway, Illinois, <laughs> where I grew up. And so about five years ago, I think they they decided to leave the farm and uh, and, and come and to live in in Effingham. So they have a nice little home in Effingham in a quiet neighborhood. And uh, they 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 of course have their health issues, but they're they're still uh, one strong. And and so I. Uh, First obligation is to them and to my uh, close family members. And so I get home, of course, uh, for most of the holidays, uh, like Christmas, Easter, Thanksgiving. Um, and then um, from time to time here and there, for if I, uh, it's rare, but if I have a free weekend, um, I will try to get back and, and spend maybe two or three or four days, even if I can. And I stay with them, uh, which is you know, I still have a room in their house, which is <laughs> nice. It's my my home home away from home, and uh, so that's always good. And and I usually try to to you know focus on family. Uh, although I I have you know any number of friends that 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 uh, are are always open and inviting me to come. And so uh, I I did a parish mission at St John Vianney last March, uh, and that was fun. It was uh, it was. A COVID time, so the I think many people attended virtually, uh, but uh, but it's good to see those who uh, you know came in person and, and uh, to see old friends like that. And my last parish, as you all know, is uh, St. John Vianney in Sherman. Yeah. Um, so once in a while, um, I can't do a lot of um, I can't accept a lot of invitations, like for weddings or. Unfortunately, it's hard for very hard for me to get back for funerals of of uh, friends or other than close family. Um, so those are are challenging. But but from time to time, I might be able to squeeze something in there like that. But but it's it's a bit rare. So I would say about half a dozen times I get back to Illinois in a given year. Okay. Now, have you had many people from our diocese stop in to see you over the past well seven going on eight years in Wichita? Well, uh, from time to time, yes, a few. Uh, just recently, I had a, a wonderful couple, uh, Bill and Gail Hahn from St. John Vianney in Sherman. They um, they stopped by. They were on their way to, uh, uh, they're on a little vacation down to Texas, and they decided to uh, come to Wichita, and they so they were able to stay with me in my home um, overnight, and uh, we had a wonderful visit, and uh so that was very nice. So yeah, it doesn't happen very often, but I, I've told people, I, I'm very blessed. I have a beautiful home and, uh, with several guest rooms and, and, uh, and I, and I say, you know, if you, if you come to visit, you can stay overnight and, uh, and, uh, but, uh, but it's, it's a, it's an eight hour drive typically from, from, um, from Springfield or from Effingham. Uh, so yeah, I have a few priests that have come, um, uh, Father Chuck Edwards is my classmate. He's he's been out uh, several times, and another priest in the diocese. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm always uh, happy to welcome uh, uh, the 
anybody from the Springfield Diocese who might uh, be in the area, it's even to stop by and to say hello. All right, open invitation. So you can uh, <laughs> <laughs> no um, now of course you know I'll get back to you know your your transition from from priest uh, to bishop I, I know you you talked about the the challenges and and some of the angst and things like that so you know and, and and of course you've been a bishop now for several years but how how often do you brother bishops get together either you know a just to talk about issues to you know maybe game plan strategy and also just to uh, you know hang out just to you know, be brother bishops to kind of have build that camaraderie. Cause I know when you go to the USCCB, you know, a lot of it is building relationships with, you know, the hundreds of bishops across, across the United States. So do you guys try to make an effort to, you know, keep in touch or just touch base with? Yes, actually we do. Uh, some, some more than others, but uh, I value very, very much the, uh, the times I'm with brother bishops uh, either for, uh, you know, ministerial purposes or for fraternity. So here in Kansas, we have, there are four dioceses, so we have four bishops. Uh, we have some retired bishops, but there are four active bishops. And we form our, our own Yezu Caritas group. So uh, we we can't meet monthly uh, like many Yezu Caritas. A Yezu Caritas group is a, a group of either priests or bishops that come together for prayer for uh, for fraternity and, and to share um, their you know their um, you know their challenges their joys and that sort of thing and it's it's uh, for us uh, bishops it's 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 harder to get together because of our schedule so uh, approximately four or five times a year here in Kansas we we get together in fact our our group will meet next week in Salina which is only about a hundred miles from here. Um, and then, so we, we gather for a prayer, uh, an hour of adoration, and then we have uh, dinner, evening dinner. And then the next day, we, we have another, we have mass, and then another hour of adoration. And then uh, we, what we call um, a sharing of life. So, you know, we, we just go around, and whatever is on your heart you want to share with confidentially, you know, it's not spiritual direction or anything, but just how's life going for you? How's your work? How's your, what are your challenges? What are your what are uh, your joys? And that's very encouraging, uh, and I always welcome that. Uh, but at our USCCB meetings, which we haven't been able to meet in person uh, since COVID, but hopefully in November we'll be able to do that. Uh, I find that it's at the coffee breaks and the lunches and and the uh, and the dinners that uh, those those relationships, those friendships are are forged and strengthened, and that's really important for us as bishops. Because, uh, as any bishop will tell you, uh, and, uh, the, the ministry and the, the work and the life of the bishop can be rather isolating, um, and that's just part of what it part of what it entails. Um, so I, I always feel more encouraged and, and supported when I can share things with other bishops who understand, um, because they're living it too. Um, and so, yeah, that's 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 a really important and necessary part of our of our ministry. Now, since you became a bishop uh, seven going on eight years ago, uh, has there been uh, a new saint uh, you've asked for intercession uh, for? Uh, any any more any new devotion that you've established since being a bishop? Yes, that's a great question because I do. I I have a great great 
uh, I've really been drawn to a new blessed that was uh, named blessed in 2020, blessed, blessed Carlo Acuta. Mm, yes. He was a young Italian um, young boy who died at the age of 15 from acute leukemia, but uh, he lived uh, a really intensely uh, devout and Eucharistic life. Uh, and uh, I, I, he was the subject of my confirmation homily last year. So uh, I, I talked about, and I, you know, what a wonderful model and example for our young people. Um, so uh, I don't know if you've heard of him or not, but I, I would recommend anybody to, uh, to learn more about Carlo Acuda. His first name is my first name. His is in Italian, and mine, of course, is in English, Carl, but or German. But uh, but he he has a fascinating life, and uh, he he was he was just by all outward appearances rather ordinary, but he but he lived a very extraordinary holiness, and 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 he, he looked like any any other young person. He wore jeans. He liked uh, soccer, and you know he just had and he had a great. Um, had a great uh, affinity for technology and websites. And so young people, I think, could really identify with him. And yet deep down, he just he just truly loved the Lord, especially uh, the Lord in the Mass. He, he was drawn to the Eucharist in a profound way. So, um, yeah, I, I, I think a lot about him, and I ask him to bless our young people, intercede for our young people, because so many, uh, you know, they're looking for, uh, meaning and in their life, and and many are looking in all the wrong places. But Carlo and others like him can kind of remind us of what's really important. Yeah, blessed Carlo. You mentioned the websites. He started a uh, Eucharistic Miracles website that I know has helped so many people. You know, come to fully believe in the true presence of the Eucharist. And I saw I saw recently Bishop Kemi. I don't know. I don't remember where, what church this is, but it was the first stained glass window put in of Blessed Carlo. So it was the first, I think, stained glass window in a Catholic church where there's someone when, with uh, jeans and sneakers on. <laughs> yeah, tennis shoes. Yeah, <laughs> I did see that too. I thought that that's just great. You know. Yeah, um, I right, love we'll, that. We'll get you out on this, Bishop Kemi. So, um, big picture here: what have you learned about God in your role as bishop? Um, really, I know we're we're, we're going deep. It's, it's dive deep for a reason here, Bishop Kemi. We're going deep. Dive yeah, deep, yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, I I always believe uh, that uh, God is is always here and uh, and never fails us. I always believe that. I know it now because I uh, I believe uh, that he's, he's, he walks with me every day. And um, I couldn't do this, honestly. And I'm not trying to be false, falsely humble or anything, but really no human being can do any of these things that were called upon by the church. The apostles couldn't do it. Um, but God promised the Holy Spirit. And when we're open to that, God is ever faithful and he, he walks with us in our life. And, and in these turbulent times, you know, uh, challenging, very divisive times in which we live, I think if we can hold on to that eternal truth, that God is right here. He's in the midst of all of this. And he is gracing each and every person, whatever vocation you have been given. And every vocation has its challenges. Uh, he is gracing every human person, every person with, with extraordinary grace. Uh, to walk with him and to, and to offer him their, their lives and to do great things uh, in spite of 
you know, all the challenges and the weaknesses that, that we all naturally have. Um, so we're all called to do great things, and God is, is here. And that, and that strengthens me. It, it, uh, it, uh, it helps me every day when I, when I remember that, when I hold on to that in my own prayer life and in service to the church. So um, I, knew, I, I, I always believe that. Now know it in a more personal and intimate way. Well, excellent. Um, well, Bishop Kemi, again, it's so great to hear your voice, and we're we're so grateful for all the work you did here in our diocese. And uh, you know, the old adage: if you want to make, make God laugh, tell him your plans. It's funny that you wanted to become back, a, you know, go, <laughs> go back to the parish life, and then bam, phone call, and hey, you're going to be made a bishop. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. But, well, yeah. Well, I ask everybody to pray for me, and uh, and I I pray for. For all my uh, family and friends back back home in Illinois, I, I do miss all of you, and I miss the, the life I once had there. Um, uh, but I'm grateful to God that He's brought me here, and I, they, all of you back there helped make me who I am. And and um, and I wouldn't uh, I would not have been able to, to accept this ministry if it hadn't been for so many people encouraging me and and supporting me and forming me all along the way in the various parishes where I served and. In the ministries that I was uh, that I was asked to undertake, so I have nothing but gratitude. Likewise, Bishop Carl Kemi, Bishop Kemi, thank you so much for coming on Dive Deep. You're welcome. God bless you. This has been Dive Deep. If you'd like more podcasts, head on over to dio.org/podcast. And until next time, we'll see you right here on Dive Deep.